0: It's time for the Smart Money Questions podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions podcast.
1: This is the Smart Money Questions podcast. Walter Storholt here with Matt Hausman, founder of Old Security Group. And we're talking on the podcast today about Required minimum distributions, we call them RMDs. You know, a lot of people aren't clear why these RMDs exist. And so we're gonna try and clear up some of the confusion and talk about the proper ways that you can handle RMDs and how you should be planning for them in advance not just reacting when you get to that age where all of a sudden you've got to worry about them no let's plan in advance for these kinds of things but as i said matt a lot of people aren't aware that they really even exist or at least aren't clear on why they exist basically what's an rmd that's it's when the government is telling us we have to start withdrawing money from our savings when we reach a certain age the big question why why do we have to do this
0: well, first of all, let's do this. Let's make sure people understand what type of accounts a required minimum distribution would apply to. Okay. And essentially, that's going to be any retirement account, an IRA, a 401k, a 403b, a 457, a SEP, a simple IRA, anything that is not a Roth IRA in the retirement world. So all of those accounts that I mentioned The IRS and ERISA created specific exit strategies, meaning Uncle Sam wants his tax revenue from that money that you got tax relief on when you put it in, possibly if it was a 401k or 403b, your employer also contributed. They got tax relief. And it's been growing tax deferred for, in some cases, 30, 40 years. And the IRS created this rule to make you start taking that money out or distributing it to yourself to create potential tax revenue. So what people need to realize and be aware of, and actually what you said, is we don't wanna be reactionary with minimum distributions because in many cases, that if we would have planned before, we might be able to reduce taxation. And it's not something in the financial world In general, it's better to not be reactionary, but to be proactive, especially when it comes to minimum distributions and understanding how your accounts are going to be treated with regards to the minimum distribution requirements on all qualified retirement accounts.
1: That's a great point, Matt. And I guess is there the next logical question I would have is if I don't want these RMDs, if I don't want to take this money out, can I avoid them? Is there anything that can be done to just, you know, skip this process?
0: <laughs> well, you can keep working. Okay. <laughs> I don't think okay. most people want to do that. Okay. And just to clarify, the minimum distribution rules state at seventy and a half is when you are going to have to start taking them. Technically you can actually wait until the filing period the following year. So let's say if, if I turn 70 and a half in 2017, technically I cannot take my first distribution until prior April 15, 2018. So we just want to make sure we recognize, yes, I don't have to take anything, but at 70 and a half, it's gonna have to happen unless, and here's the specifications. I am still working, my money is in a qualified retirement account sponsored by my employer. Good golly, what in the world does that mean? That means a 401k or a 403B, and I have to be contributing to that, where that account would be relieved of taking the minimum distribution. But If I've got an old 401k from let's say I left a job when I was 58 and it's now in an IRA, that IRA is subject to the minimum distribution requirements at 70 and a half, even if you are still working and contributing into the existing 401k.
1: Makes sense. So, yeah, if we're not going to continue to work into our 70s and 80s, then we're going to have to plan for these RMDs, certainly being the takeaway. But good to know that there are also some options that we have. Now, Now, what are the risks of just saying, oh, my gosh, We're talking 70 and a half. I'm in my, let's say, you know, mid to late 50s right now, or even if you're in your 60s, that seems like forever away from right now. I'll just worry about it when I get there. That seems to be what most people at least initially plan to do. What are the risks that you face by not planning in advance for these?
0: The big risk comes from, and this is one of the things that we always talk about at the different workshops, is... When the minimum distribution age comes 70 and a half, and let's say that you're 62, if you wait till that time period, hopefully you will see growth during that time period and you will not be able to get out of the way of what I call the minimum distribution train coming. And what does that mean? If you had started at 62, there's different strategies. You could take withdrawals. You could do Roth conversions. You can get money out of that category where the IRS is telling you that you have to take out and reduce what that minimum distribution looks like at 70. One of the risks leads me to one of the clients that we have, and 90% of all of their money is in IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, what have you. And they did no planning. As a matter of fact, he worked until the age of 70, which is great. He wanted to do that. It didn't give them much opportunity, but there was still opportunity there where if at the age of 63, 64, they started either doing withdrawals or doing Roth conversion, they wouldn't be in the situation now where they will pay the highest part of Medicare Part B premium for the rest of their lives. Because the minimum distributions, along with the rest of their income, exceeds the highest bracket. And guess what? There's nothing they can do about it. Absolutely nothing. So it could have been where at the age of 60, 62, really we'll use the age of 60, especially because we also have the 59 and a half rule there, is they would have had 10 years to do some type of proactive IRA minimum distribution strategy planning to not be in that situation now. And that's one of the biggest pitfalls that happen because the other thing is, and you actually asked about it earlier, well, what if I don't want to take them? I have the horror stories of all horror stories Mm. of the minimum distribution requirement not being taken. I have a client and her husband passed away. Now it's probably been about 12 years. And what ended up happening, and the money that he had that was in an IRA no one, including who was keeping track of the money, let her know that she was required to take out a distribution. And this happened for three years. For three straight years, she did not take out a minimum distribution. And so that's going to lead us to around 2008, 2009. When she finally had to take it out, the penalty Keep in mind, the penalty if you don't take the minimum distribution is 50% of whatever the distribution was supposed to be. So, to make that simple, if your minimum distribution is $10,000 and you don't take it, the tax penalty is five grand plus the ordinary income taxation of the $10,000 you were supposed to take. In her particular case, it cost her over $80,000. Oh, man. If I remember right, it was withdrawn in 2009 to make up for not taking RMDs in six, seven, and eight. That's one of the worst times you could take it out. So she had to take it out of the investment to pay an $80,000. Basically, it's a fine. It's a fine for not taking it. And you guys can Google this. If you'll Google, the Wall Street Journal will usually, in the summer, they will put out what the IRS has estimated the RMDs that were not taken and how much that is. And in 2016, the amount was almost $700 million. That means the penalty on just that year is $350 million coming to those Americans that didn't do it. So it's real important to understand which accounts that have that requirement, and then making sure that you are doing it or the advisor that you're working with, because guess what? All of the custodians, whether it's Vanguard, Fidelity, Schwab, whether it's an insurance company, let's say you have an annuity, Jackson National, in all of their paperwork, they're going to let you know they're not going to do tax planning. You're responsible for every tax dollar, and they're not going to administer for you to make sure the RMD has been taken. They'll send you notices. Some of them don't even do that. To let you know, by the way, the RMD out of this account is supposed to be this much. But have you done it? They don't make it affirmative. They make it where you have to take the action to do that. So I just can't tell you how important that is. That is the worst story that I've seen over the course of the last 10 years. But it's not that I don't see some people facing a five, eight, or $12,000 fine because they didn't take the minimum distributions. Amazing
1: story. And unfortunate that that happened. So again, great representation of not planning in advance for your RMDs. And that's sort of a worst case scenario. But certainly, you don't want to have a negative outcome in any event. And so if we plan for these things in advance, we can
0: be in a lot better situation. I want to add to that real quick because this is so important because I've seen this mistake too. Yeah. Parents, I'm talking to you. You want to make sure that your kids understand, they don't need to know the amount of money. You might not want them to know that, but they need to understand the type of accounts that you have because the other thing that this IRA or this 401k or this 403b does is when it is inherited by a non-spouse, the rules change. And your heirs have to be made aware of it, and it directly goes to the minimum distribution requirements that will continue now for the heirs. And the same penalties apply. So it's extremely important that they at least understand what type of money they're going to be inheriting. Another story. This happened with a couple in Maryland. There was a large institution that the wife's mother had her money at, and she had two different accounts her mom passed away. The institution called and said, would you like for us to send this to you in a check or would you like it wired? Well, the reality was she had never seen a check that large. She goes, I want to see a check. So they sent her a check. The check was a little north of 100000 about 110000 $112,000. And she didn't understand or didn't ask. And they didn't offer to do any tax withholding. When they were doing the tax return, The accountant asked the husband, he was there doing it, what's this from? Oh, that's from when my my wife's mom passed away. That was our inheritance. He said, did they not ask you about tax withholding? He said, no, we just figured it was found money. The reality was is that they had received the check back in October of the previous year. He is literally sitting in front of the accountant on April 14th. I happened to be in the office when this was happening. He asked me to come over and talk to the person and explain to him what he was getting ready to tell them. Long story short, it was around a total $47,000 tax hit because they had extinguished or distributed 100% of an IRA that the mom had and they did not understand it. Mm. And they had to pay federal and they had to pay state. Maryland happens to be a pretty hefty state for taxation, and they they were already making really good money, so this got added on top of all of that. So it's really important that you understand that those minimum distributions carry forward with the IRAs that your kids will inherit.
1: So interesting to see all those different moving pieces. So again, good recap of some of the risks that you face by not planning in advance for your RMDs. Now, Matt, if somebody doesn't need the money in their RMDs, but they are wanting to plan in advance for their overall, you know, situation of what to do with now this extra money that they have coming in. They've already been taken care of in terms of, you know, all their other income streams. What do you suggest that you now do with this extra money you're having to pull out each year?
0: Yeah, obviously there's a couple of things you can do. You can reinvest the money and different, whether it's a, an after-tax brokerage, a portfolio, different things maybe possibly gifting if you don't need the money and you're not really worried about quote running out of money. It's a good opportunity to gift to the loved ones that you have. And another one that usually gets missed a little, and we were just talking with a client this year who happens to still be working, is at that age where he needs to take minimum distributions. He's not going to have to take anything out of his current 401k because he's still contributing a little bit to that to not have to take the RMDs. But there's IRAs that he does have to take the RMD out of, and this can be one that is missed, and that is a charitable contribution. So in my discussion with him, he happened to mention that he had committed to give a, a sizable tom- sum to a charity that he supports. He mentioned, I'm just going to go ahead and stroke it out of my checking account. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait a second here. We have the opportunity now to do a charitable distribution for the RMD. And here's the key, is the charity has to be a recognizable public charity, so not a a private foundation or something like that. And the money has to go directly from the custodian, wherever the money is, directly to the institution. If that happens, none of the minimum distributions will be counted as income on your tax return and that's huge because if he would have just taken the RMD and then stroked the check that becomes a deduction on his schedule a it's a dollar-for-dollar dollar deduction comes directly off so for instance if it's a $10,000 distribution that the minimum distribution would be goes directly to the charity Now, that does not count as income for him, which in this particular case is significant because his RMD would have taken him over the Medicare limit for Part B premium, and his premium would have then gone up. By doing this, we were able to keep it below that taxation number. So no tax due, no increase on Medicare Part B premium. So one of the things you want to look at and understand about the charitable RMD contribution is unfortunately, those laws can change on an annual basis. Quite frankly, usually Congress continues to extend it, but it is definitely something, and usually there's limits. I believe this year the limit is $100,000. You just want to recognize it can only be the RMD amount. That's the significant thing. So those are a couple of things that you can do if you don't necessarily need the money.
1: Well, you've given us a couple of little nuggets and, and tidbits about how you help people kind of navigate through this conversation of required minimum distributions, Matt. But maybe you can give us a more, you know, fleshed out example of how you've helped somebody figure out the role that RMDs play in their retirement income plan. Anything recent come to mind?
0: Well, the thing I just jumped over, the story I just talked about literally just happened within the last six weeks. Ah,
1: nice. Okay.
0: Very And um, I'll tell you a couple other things that people need to recognize in those of you that are clients, you've heard me preach this for a number of years now, is when you understand the minimum distribution rules and how they work is then you want to make sure that the investments that you're putting those monies into are minimum distribution friendly. And actually, here's a story. Person was in earlier this week. They had moved a sizable amount of money into an annuity type product. And The planning that the advisor had done for them, they were not going to do any, even though they could, but they weren't going to do any withdrawals. And he had planned this to be an income stream in 10 years that would be guaranteed for both of their lifetimes. As I was looking at it and I asked the gentleman his age and I said, well, the problem is the 10 years goes past your minimum distribution requirements. He goes, what do you mean? And in this particular case, all of his IRA money was now sitting in this annuity. And I said, didn't the advisor talk about the minimum distribution requirement and how that would affect your income in 10 years? Because your income is not going to be what he told you. He made the assumption you took no withdrawals. In this particular case, the IRS is telling you, you have to take a withdrawal, which is going to reduce your future income. And unfortunately, in this particular case, the advisor did not either understand or didn't bring that to the forefront in their planning. But it's extremely important that you understand where these minimum distributions apply and that the investments then that you're using are, let's call it RMD friendly, and that your planning has also gone into that part of the investment, making sure that in that particular case, it's five years of RMD withdrawals with a sizable amount of money that's going to have a dramatic effect on his income Mm -hmm. later. So just those are the things that RMD strategy planning is so important. And the reality is most people, because they've been listening to all the gurus on TV or their accountant or their advisors have been flushing so much of their retirement investment dollars into these retirement accounts without an exit strategy. And the RMD is the IRS and ERISA telling you what their exit strategy is. And I don't know about you, Walter, but I prefer to have my own strategy, not what the government tells me. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: that, absolutely. I'll take my choices over anything. So I guess to put a cap on this conversation, Matt, maybe they're, you know, maybe there's somebody listening to the podcast and they're saying to themselves, well, I probably... I'm not going to have to worry about these RMDs. That sounds like it's, you know, not everybody has to face these. Only certain people maybe it's going to be a big deal for. Is that true? I mean, how often are you talking RMDs with people who come in? I mean, is it 100% of the folks need to have a strategy for this?
0: Uh, Yeah. And the reason is this is because most people don't understand that the minimum distribution requirements, they start at 70 and a half the amount that you have to take or the percentage increases every year. And it might not affect you when you might need to take more than the minimum distribution at 70, 71, 72, 73. We were talking earlier, you know, most people are active in retirement the first five, seven, eight years in retirement. So that could be when they're real active. And so they're spending more than that. But the problem is the percentage continues to go up. And all of a sudden now you're in your, let's say, late 70s. And what you have to take out, you're not going to spend, but it increased your taxation. I have some widows that are clients that will pay because now they have to file single and the Part B premium for Medicare, those tables are reduced now. They will pay the highest amount for Medicare Part B premium forever only because of their minimum distribution requirements. That's the only reason. Wow. Because the reality is they don't need the money. And so I would say that in uh, at least in our planning, we're always going to be looking at having a distribution plan, a strategy specifically for all of the retirement accounts that a client has. You know if they're in the situation where that's only fifty percent of their assets, it's not as big a deal. Maybe we look to distribute out of that asset first, which is drastically going to reduce the minimum distribution. But most people, that's not the situation. Most people have got 80, 90, 100 percent of their money in that where if you don't have a minimum distribution strategy, it can affect you later on and be very expensive. Keep in mind. That's why I believe. That strategy, a minimum distribution strategy, should be involved with anyone that has money in retirement accounts.
1: All important things to remember when talking about required minimum distributions. And if you have not addressed these in your financial plan, if your current advisor isn't talking to you about these, that's a red flag. That's a bad sign. It means you're not maybe getting as comprehensive of a plan as you need to have. So get a second opinion with Matt Hausman and the team at Old Security Group. All you have to do to set up a time to review your financial situation is to go online to smartmoneyquestions.com, and you can get in touch via the website. Again, that's smartmoneyquestions.com, or you can call Matt directly at 610-719-3003. Again, that's 610-719-3003. And he doesn't just serve folks in Westchester and Newark areas, but all across the country. So you can get in touch no matter where you are. We can use the wonders of technology to stay in touch these days. 610-719-3003 is, again, the number, or online at smartmoneyquestions.com. That's all the details that you need to know at least to get started on required minimum distributions. On the next podcast, we're going to talk about some of the unasked financial questions in the financial world. So not just the – we often cover the most commonly asked questions. Now we're going to cover the questions that nobody asks, the unasked questions. We'll get to that on the next podcast, so make sure you stay with us here on Smart Money Questions, and we'll talk to you again soon.